turn over to Colossians chapter 1 in your Bibles as we get started here. And, uh, you know, I think that, uh, you know, God is, is, is growing all of us up. The Bible says that it's not yet seen what we will be someday in heaven when we have a God, the Bible says, is going to give us a, a spiritual body. I don't know what that means, but it's going to be great. You know, my wife, I think she's practically perfect in every way, like Mary Poppins. But, uh, but the, the Bible says that we're going to be better. It's going to be amazing. So you're going to be better even than you are now. I don't know how that's possible. But, but in Colossians chapter 1, at the end of verse 27, it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then the part I want to get to is 28. We proclaim him, meaning Christ, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Next verse, 29. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Did you know that God's power mightily works in you? And his goal is, verse 28 there, we'll look at it again. We proclaim him, Jesus, admonishing, meaning teaching, or uh, correcting every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. You know, Paul said he hadn't arrived, so I don't think if I ask how many of you have already arrived, how many of you have made it, you're there, you crossed the finish line, you're good. No, you're all breathing, so none of you have arrived yet. And, and so we're all a work in progress. And, and sometimes that can be discouraging, but you know what? It really shouldn't be. We should be encouraged by the fact that, that we are making strides, that we're growing up, that we're growing in God. Be encouraged by that because it means you're alive and well and you're, 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 uh, you're making progress. Uh, turn over uh, to uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, those four together. So turn over to Ephesians. It's right next door there. Chapter 5. I'm going to be reading out of a translation that uh, you probably don't have with you tonight. And uh, I, I actually don't think I've ever, uh, I don't think I've ever quoted out of this translation before. But, but I like how it put it. So, but uh, verse 25, he starts talking to, to husbands. So don't get lost if you're not a husband. Uh, if you're a single guy or you're a lady, it's okay, really. Just listen. Okay, it's okay. Husbands, love your wives, because here it switches over, even as Christ loved the church. Husbands, that's a pretty tall order. Wow. Okay, well, I don't think I've arrived there either. But anyway, just keep going. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her so that he might sanctify her, that means uh, set her apart or, or uh, make her holy, sanctify her and cleanse her, by the washing of water through the word, that he might make her, he's still the church, he calls it a her, so that he might make her a glorious church. You know, God is trying to make you glorious, okay? And if I told you that, uh, you'd probably tell me that, well, he's got a lot of work left to do. Yeah, well, that's what I would tell you if you told me that. Uh, you know, not all of us, Miss Fran, you're pretty glorious, but, you know, we... Uh, we are not all quite there, okay? Miss Fran's like, I'm not there either. No, you know, no, but he's getting us there, guys. That's his plan. That's his purpose. That's his goal. He's trying to make you glorious, all right? And then Ephesians back up a little bit to uh, the end of chapter 4 in Ephesians, okay? And verse... 32 says this, and we're going to just pick one word out of this here in a second, but it says this, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Keep reading there. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love. That's up now we're in verse or in chapter five, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God. But back up to verse 32 at the end of Ephesians 4, it says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit tonight. 
is keeping our hearts tender to the Lord and tender toward each other. You know, it's real easy uh, living in this world to start to steal yourself and start protecting yourself and start pushing people away and start guarding yourself. And we do need to guard ourselves a little bit. I'm not telling you not to guard yourself, okay? You know, Paul wrote to, to uh, Timothy, I believe, and he said, be on your guard against, and he named two guys, and he said, they did me a lot of harm. So, so it isn't that Paul didn't forgive him. It isn't that Paul didn't love him. It isn't that God didn't love him. But Paul said, be on your guard against him because they did me a lot of harm. So if you've got people in your life that are hurting you, I'm not telling you, oh, just be tenderhearted and kind. And oh, well, uh, You should be kind. But I'm not telling you to uh, you know, have them move into your house. Okay? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, no. No, 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 no. You should be guarded. But, but it's an effort. It takes work. It takes... It takes uh, more than a little bit of effort to stay tenderhearted in a world that's ugly and in a world that's difficult, okay? I'm sorry, I have bad news for you. If you have a job, your boss isn't always going to make you happy. And if you're the boss, your employees aren't going to always make you happy. I I'm, I'm, I'm hate to break this to you, but especially if you're not married and you'd like to get married, it's not always going to be perfect at your house, okay? You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have to work some things through, all right? Even Edwin and Lisa have to work things through occasionally, okay? And they're, you know, they're like that Mary Poppins couple, you know what I'm saying? They're practically, never, never mind, I better stop. But, but, but my, point, my point is, is that, that, that to keep our hearts tender and tender toward the Lord, well, yeah, but, but, but I prayed for this and it didn't happen yet, okay, fine. I get it. Well, I, I'm mad at God. Well, okay, you should probably get over that. You know, my friend uh, Chad, he worked for a credit card company, and people would, something would be wrong on their bill, and they'd call screaming and yelling and cussing, and he'd be like, okay, company policy. If you don't stop yelling and you don't stop cussing, I am going to hang up the phone. And they keep screaming and yelling and click. That was company policy. Well, you know, once they got the, the, you know, dead end on the phone, you know, see, here, here's the deal. They got a little smarter and realized that the only person who could help them with this problem just hung up on them. And they hung up on them because they were so rude, because I, you know, if I was the person, I was so rude, they hung up on me. So I'm going to have to fix this and tone it down and get a hold of myself and call them back, because otherwise it's never going to get fixed. You think about it, see? And they would figure it out, and lots of times, amazingly, lots of times when they'd call back, they'd get him again. And they'd be like, yeah, I'm sorry, um, I really need help. It's like, yes, I'd be happy to help you. Now that you're done screaming and cussing, yes. But, you know, it's, it's very easy to not be tenderhearted, okay? It's easy to put up walls. It's easy to, mm, you, know, uh, uh, you know, I don't like uh, police officers. We have a police officer here. Do we have? Yes, we do. But, but people have this attitude, don't they? Do they have that attitude? Yes, they have that attitude. I, I don't like people that are Jewish, or I don't like people that are this, or I don't like people. Well, okay, so you're just going to decide you don't like people. Because, okay, really? You know, the Bible says that for God so loved the world, all right? You know what? He, I'm not saying he, is a pro, he doesn't have a problem with their behavior, but he doesn't have a problem with them because he sent his own son to die so that they could get saved, you know? For us to expect people in the world to act like the people in this room, who I'm assuming that most of you are born again, that you've received Jesus into your life, to expect people that haven't received Jesus into their life to act like a Christian is ridiculous, okay? The, Jesus said, what did he say? You're either of your father God or you're of your father the devil. There's no middle, there's no great, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not interested in, no, no, it doesn't really matter. The Bible puts people in two groups, period, okay? So, so I, th I think, you know, we could find some other scriptures. First Peter uh, chapter 3 talks about being kind-hearted. Um, but but here's, here's, the, here's the deal, is that, and, and I'm just going to read this. You can put it up on the screen 
John chapter 1, verse 11, it says, Jesus came to his own, the Jews, and those who were his own did not receive him. But look at verse 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe on his name. When you said, yes, Jesus, I receive you, very simple. Wow. Could it be any simpler than that? It really could not be. Jesus, I will. I choose to receive you. It says he gave you the right to become a child of God. And a child of God comes with lots of responsibilities. But, but you know what? The privileges outweigh the responsibilities about a billion to one. Okay? I mean, he's trying to, you know, back to the very first verse that we read. We proclaim him, Jesus, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. Now, see, as soon as you received him, okay, his plan for you for all eternity was set in motion. His plan to give you a spiritual body and make you perfect and, and work out everything instantly happened. And you were born again and given eternal life inside of you. And, and you were put on a path to get to know God. And because he loves you so much, he is working in you and through you and around you to get you to a place where you can grow up in him. All right? Why? Because nobody likes... Okay, think about somebody you know that is an adult in age and a, a big baby. Okay? Think about this person. Do you like being around them? Not particularly, no. Do you enjoy... Do you want to hang them... You know, do you want them to come and hang out? At where you live? Probably not. No, you don't want the big baby to be the one who is your best friend, okay? No, we all, how many times have you said it? You know, mm. even if you didn't say it out loud, you're thinking, gosh, I wish I'd grow up. Mm. You know, have we done that? Sure, we've all done that. Because, because somebody who's immature isn't living in a way that's even comfortable for them. You understand what I mean? I mean, they're just unhappy. You know, a baby. Alicia's about to have a baby. Babies cry a lot, okay? They do, all right? They just do. And, and if they don't grow up, they keep crying. You know, I, I, uh, we, 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 know, we know someone whose children are pretty much undisciplined, and they just scream and cry and carry on, and they're awful. And, and you wonder, wh why is it that there's no one in this church, by the way? Uh, but uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute. I don't want anybody getting paranoid. They don't even, they don't even live in this state, okay? So relax. But, but the point, here's the point. The point is, is that, that, that everybody, okay, how do I say this? Everybody wants everybody to grow up, all right? You know, you may think you're all grown up, but I certainly want Edwin to grow up, and I want Troy to grow up, and I want Henry to grow up, I want Faye to grow up, Helen, I want her to grow. You know what I mean? Uh, we want everybody to act all mature. Now, we may choose to, at moments, not act so great and not act so mature. But we want everybody to grow up. And see, God looks at you. As soon as you received him, all right, now you're part of his family. You're one of his kids, and he wants you to grow up. He wants you to learn. He wants you to get a hold of some things that will help your life. Do you understand? Now, I want you to think about this. It doesn't help him. I say this all the time. It doesn't help him at all if you grow up. It doesn't help him, but it will help you. And he's only got your interests at heart. He gets nothing out of the deal except, uh, you know, a, a, mature, a mature son or daughter. And, uh, you know, that, that is a really, 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 really good thing. You know, when, when Jesus was on earth, there were 12 men, and he said, follow me. And you know what? To everybody in this room, whether you've chosen to receive him or not, he's saying to you, follow me. Okay? And you know what? If we follow him, if we seek after him, if we learn from him, then we are going to start growing up. Now, some people are going to grow up faster than others because I think lots of different reasons. Sometimes people have a lot of hurts they have to overcome to really grow up, all right? Sometimes people 
just don't spend a lot of time in the Word, or they don't spend a lot of time in church, or they don't spend a lot of time around believers, so they don't have that influence. You know, we're, the, you know, I think just in the natural, we know we become like the people we hang out with, don't we? Don't we start acting like them? I mean, have you ever done, have you ever done that? Have you ever better been around people and notice they start picking up some of the words that you say and you start picking up some of the words they say you know and uh you know i oh lord i uh i i I use the word dude quite a bit just randomly and i notice pretty soon that other people around me are using the word more than they used to i'm not sure that's a good thing but you know uh you know, Jesus said this. He said that, that we're his sheep. And in John 10, 17, uh, no, yeah, I said the wrong one. John 10, 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Now, I want you to think about that verse. Maybe, is that up there? Leave that up there for a minute. What's missing from that verse? Look at that for a second. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. What it doesn't say right there, because at the beginning it doesn't work this way, but, but it doesn't say there, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they know me, and they follow me. No, you know, it says, it says my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You know, you cannot know him at all. In fact, you probably didn't know him at all when you first received him as your savior, but you still followed him. All right? You know, something was happening in here. You were stirred. You you saw you were a sinner. You saw that you needed God. Whatever happened, you decided you didn't want to go to hell. You wanted to go to heaven, and something happened in here, and you were like, "Yes, I will follow." Yes, if they ask you to raise your hand, you raise your hand. If you if they just said, "Pray this with me," you prayed it with them. If you were just alone on your own, you prayed it. You told them, "God, I'm yours. You're mine. Let's do this." All right, and 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 the Bible you know, says that, that, that as soon as we receive him, as soon as we call on the name of the Lord, as soon as we believe and receive him, then, then we are his kids. But you know what? My sheep hear my voice. We heard him. I, was, I have people tell me all the time, he never talks to me. Yeah, he, okay, how'd you get saved? You're not saved if he never talks to you because you are saved. Okay, something was stirring. Well, I didn't know that was him talking to me. What do you mean by that? Well, we're, we're going to address that a little bit. But, but you heard him. You sensed him. You sensed something. And so you decided to make a decision, good decision, best decision, most important decision, to go ahead and follow him. And then the process starts of you getting to know him. And my wife talks about this all the time. You know, just start talking to him. Just start getting to know him. You know, Jesus is the word. He is the word. You know, you spend time in the word, you're spending time with Jesus. But, you know, spend time in the word, but just talk to him. Talk to him while you're driving your car. Talk to him as you're laying there, ready to go to sleep at night. You know what? And, and as you get to know him, and you will get to know him if you start talking to him, you start spending time with him, you will get to know him, and, and you will see that... That, that you're growing and that, that your relationship with God is growing. You know, I think, um, turn, over to, uh, turn over to Hebrews chapter 3. In, in uh, Psalm 139, you don't have to turn there, in the New Living it says this. Psalm 139 verse 5 says this. Um, talking about God, you go before me, this is David, King David, or Shepherd Boy David, I don't know which one he was when he wrote this, but he said, you, God, go before me, and you follow me, you place your hand of blessing on my head, you know, once we become a child of God, now think about that, David said, you go before me, and you follow after me, he's got you, he's got you surrounded in the front and in the back. You know, he, he, is, he, is, uh, he is not going to leave you. He said, uh, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, all that the Father has given me, I, I have in my hand, and, and no one can take him out of my hand. Nobody can take you away from him. You know, we, we, we sometimes, because we've 
had failed relationships. We've had people come and go out of our lives, haven't we? All of us. They come and go. It feels like they mostly go sometimes. But, but we've had people come and go. But you know what? Nobody can snatch you out of God's hands. He's, you're there. You're good. But are you in Hebrews 3? I want to look at what this verse says, because this is where we have to learn how to, to make some choices and to, to live in a way that works better for us and is pleasing to him. Uh, verse 7, it says, Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. You see that? Well, why in the world would anybody want to harden their heart to God? Well, um, a lot of reasons that we could talk about. Sometimes people, they want to say yes to the presence of God. They like church. They like being in worship. They like that presence. But they, that obedience thing, they're not so big on that one, okay? So it's like, no, no on that one, God. I mean, yes on the worship thing. No on the obedience thing. Uh, no on the tithing thing. No on this, you know what I mean? So, so when, when you do that, you know how it is? Now, I want you to think about this. You know when, when somebody upsets you and you kind of get a hold of yourself and steady yourself and kind of, mm, I'm going to be okay, you know, I'm not going to react. You ever do that? I'm not going to react. So, so we kind of steal ourselves, don't we? We kind, of, we kind of harden ourselves a bit, all right? But you know what? We have to be very, very careful not to do that to God. That's why we're talking about being tenderhearted. We don't want to harden ourselves to God. You know, sometimes we can just be out and out rebellious. This is how I want to live. This is what I want to do. This is me. Well, is it? No, it's not the real you. Because if you're born again, the Bible says that you're a new creation in Christ. That new creation in Christ doesn't ever, mind you, hear me, that new creation in Christ doesn't ever want to do anything that's wrong. And if you would just press into your spirit man, you'd become more spirit conscious, then you're never going to want to do anything wrong. Okay, well, does that take a while to get there? Oh, Lord. Yeah, it does. So don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm not beating anybody up here. I'm not telling you you're unspiritual. I'm just telling you that's going to take some time, okay? It's going to take some time. You know, uh, I started in April. I'll have been at Faith Family Church, on staff at Faith Family Church for 13 years, all right? Uh, and, and, and can I talk about you for a half a second? Is that Okay. She doesn't want me to, but she, you do have a choice. I don't have to. But so you'll remember this. When I was first on staff, Jeanette's very serious at work sometimes, and she's very focused at work. And, 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 uh, and some, you know, I, I've worked with women who, who, and you guys who've worked with women, and, and you had to email. Some women will, you know, you know, you ask them a question, you know, where is the, uh, you know, the Jones file, and they... They answer you with, hey, Dave, how's your day? They, I think the Jones file, you know, okay, no, Jeanette doesn't do that. You know, Jeanette's like third file cabinet on the, you know, third drawer, the first file cabinet. And, you know, so, so and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I've, I've worked with lots of women who did that. But guys are, okay, if you're a guy, you know, you probably don't. Hey, Dave, how's everything going? You know, that doesn't usually come in. It's a one-word answer if you can do it, or two words if you have to, and a whole sentence if it's really desperate, okay? But, 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 but I, there were several times I thought Jeanette was mad at me. You remember. You knew at the time. She's, she doesn't hold things on like that. But there were several times I thought you were mad at me, but you weren't mad at me. But, but see, we've gotten to know each other. We've worked together a long time. Now I know. You know, the same thing, my wife. There's been times at home that I'll, I thought you were mad. Well, she wasn't mad. She was thinking about this, or she was, you know, she was tired, or you know what I mean, guys? We can, we can, we can think wrong about stuff. And, and so sometimes when we don't know God, right, we, we, we can keep him kind of at arm's length because we don't know what he's doing, all right? Or we'll hear, you know, I, I've heard people say, uh, you know, things. You know, I, I remember when I was first um, really seeking after God. Uh, I, I mean, I was saved when I was a kid, but when I got out of college, I really started really pressing into God. And, and you know, people tell you stuff. Well, you know, God's going to bring really hard things into your life to teach you and to mold you and to help you grow. Well, 
you know, that's not very encouraging. And, 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 and if you don't know any better, you're just going to go, okay, wow, that's not good, but okay. And, and, and so, you know, we can push God away because we don't know him and we don't know what he's actually like. But I'm telling you, as you get to know him, you're going to find out that he's always good. And he, he, he always, I mean, you know, I, have you ever heard anybody say this? I'm not saying they're not being honest, okay? So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But, but I can tell you this. You know, I've heard people say over and over, you know, these very distinguished, uh, you know, guest ministers who come and say, yeah, well, God really got on me about this. And God really rebuked me about this. Have you ever heard him do this? All right, I'm sorry, but I, I mean, and maybe I'm weird, but God's never spoken a harsh word to me ever, not one time. I've been walking with him. Okay, I got saved when I was like 11 years old, and I'm, I'm uh, 62, so that would be 51 years. I've been walking with him, and he's never one time. In fact, this is what's really happened more often than not, is that he'll correct me, and about two weeks later, I realized he corrected me. It was like, he was correcting me. I didn't even realize it because it was so gentle and it was so kind and it was so not about him. It was so about helping me that I didn't even realize he'd corrected me. Now, I'm not saying that God never could speak uh, hard to people. I'm just telling you my, I, yeah, he doesn't to me. So, you know, we, but we don't want to resist God. We don't want to put ourselves in a position where we harden ourselves against God when he's the one who's got our backs, when he's the one who's trying to help, when he's the one, and when, when he corrects us, you know, he's not correcting us because, because he, he, he doesn't like us. He's correcting us because he does love us. It's like, it's like, you know, Sarah has two kids. You, do, you, do you correct them because you hate them? No, you correct them because you want them to be wonderful adult human beings that are independent and able to live and get along with people. You know, yeah, which was exactly what's going to happen. But the point is, is that that you don't you don't uh, you don't correct them because you're mad. Well, you might be mad, but you know what I mean. You don't correct them because because you're mad. That's not the only reason. You correct them because you want something better for their life. You want them to to be that person that that grows up and is a somebody you know that people love and want to hang out with and and you don't want them to be you know rude or whatever else they might have done you don't want them stealing things from people or whatever they did you don't you know you're going to fix that you're going to correct that all right you know there's a there's a scripture that talks about people um uh searing their conscience in other words what what here's what that means that means that when we do something wrong, it isn't the Holy Spirit that points it out to us. It's, it's our own conscience. It's our born-again spirit, man. That's a good guide, by the way. It's a safe guide because it's a new creation in Christ. It's 100% new. But, but if, if I, it's like, well, you know, don't, you know, you feel this. Don't do that. I'm going to do it anyway. Okay? And, and what happens is, is your conscience can, it, it, it like can get a, a, a concrete wall built on it. And so you're going to stop feeling because I don't want to feel that. I don't, don't tell me that I can't do X, Y, Z. Don't tell me. I don't want to hear about it. You know, and we steal ourselves and, and we, we, instead of having a tender heart, our hearts get hard because I don't want you to tell me, don't tell me what to do. Okay? I, I heard a, a, a minister, honestly, I mean, they weren't like a uh, they weren't like a senior pastor, but they were like a person, a, a, a helps minister. And, and they said this to me. They, they said this to me. They're like, well, nobody's going to tell me what to do. I thought, yeah, you're in a great position. You know what? You developed, is that your attitude? You're uh, in a really good position to, to have a very, very hard time hearing from God or anybody else because nobody's going to tell you what to do. Okay. And you know what? Here's the deal. The Holy Spirit's a gentleman. Do you think he's going to try to tell you what to do if you've decided that he's not going to tell you what to do? No, he's not going to. He's not going to try because you've told him not to. 
and he's a total gentleman. Now, if you're open to it, if you keep your heart tender, I promise you that, that, uh, that he, will, uh, he, will, uh, he will come to you and he will guide you and he will correct you in the most gentle possible way. He will show you how to make your life better, how to fix relationships, how to fix your job. He'll show you whatever you need to know. But we have to be available. We have to be open to that. Um, turn over to, turn back to, uh, no, no. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3. There's another passage that starts out talking about husbands. I think that's funny. I didn't even notice that. But they're right here anyway. So, guys, I guess this is for some of us guys, whether we're married yet or not. All right? All right. First Peter, the very first part of... of you're going to have to track with me on this one, okay? Um, the very first part of verse 7 says this. You husbands, in the same way... Live with your wives in an, in an understanding way. We'll just stop there. Live with your wives in an understanding way. You know what? If, if you haven't figured this out yet, uh, even though I was trained in college very differently, men and women are the same. No, guess what? Whoever wrote that had obviously never met, met either a man or a woman. I don't know which it was. But, but men and women think very differently, in case you hadn't figured that out yet. And, and so, so if, if I have to be right all the time, that is what it means to not be understanding, okay? But, but if I assume, and, and I do this, I try to do this always, I don't probably always succeed, but if you just don't make any faces at this moment, that would be helpful. Um, um, if, if, if she says something that sounds absolutely ridiculous to me, my brain instantly goes to, what is she trying to tell me? I want to understand what it is that she's saying to me because I don't understand what she's saying to me. Now, if you want to be a jerk, guys, and just go, well, that's stupid. Well, yeah, that's the opposite of trying to live in an understanding way with your wife, okay? Now, now, guys, the same thing applies to God here, okay? We can live with God in an understanding way, all right? See, see, there's, there's the Bible, you know, about half of each of Paul's letters is guidance about our behavior, isn't it? If you go look, okay? He'll start talking about doctrine and salvation and righteousness, and then he starts into, and there shouldn't be a hint of this or immorality or that or that, and you know what I'm talking about, right? All right, he starts talking about behavior, but he starts off talking about our spirit man and, and our righteousness and the doctrine, and then he flips over and starts talking about behavior. But see, so there's some things that God wants us to correct, okay? There is. There are some things. Now, I know there's pastors out there. I'm told. I don't think I've actually heard any of them. They say, no, no, you don't have to worry about that. You just live any old way you want to, and it'll all be okay. Well, okay, that's not what my Bible says, but apparently I left those pages in and didn't tear them out. But anyway, um, I, I kept the whole, the whole word. Uh, did I say that with my outside voice? I probably should not have done that. So anyway, let's just keep going. And you can ignore that. But you know what? We have to, if, if, if we're going to have that tender heart toward him, okay, we, we got to keep it tender. We got we to gotta keep open to him and not say, no, I don't want to hear that. Okay? I don't, I don't want to wanna know that, uh, you know, I, I, rem <laughs> you know I, I remember, I remember uh, years back, there, there was a, a young lady who, um, I think it was, it was at this church, I think, started coming to this church. And, and she'd been here for about a year, maybe. And she goes, she told pastor very privately, she goes, I didn't know it was a sin to have sex outside of marriage. I didn't know that. I had no idea. So, so okay, but, but see, here's the deal. You know, I, when, you know, when, let's just say Pastor Edwin just got saved, you didn't, right? 
No, okay, good. All right, so let's just say that he just got saved. I'm not going to come to him and say, okay, all right, you're saved now, so no more dancing, no more drugs, no more drunkenness. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm never going to say any of that to him because that is not my business, okay? That's not guts between him and God, okay? You know, you get into the Word, you find out what it says, and you let him fix you, okay? I'm not doing that. That's not my job. Okay, I got better things to do than try to fix you. I'm still working on this, okay? It's a full-time job, all right? Full-time job. You are going to have to get with God. But, but see what I mean? We have to stay understanding because let me, let me just say six reasons. One, two, three, four. I can't count. Five reasons. You don't have to write these down or anything. I'm just going to tell you. Five reasons we have to be understanding with God. One, there are things that we do not know yet, Okay? You're going to let him teach you? You're going to let him show you some stuff? Yeah, because he's smart. Let me just tell you how smart he is, okay? He fig- uh, he's amazing. All right, number two. First, there's things we don't know yet. Number two, there are things we do not understand yet. That's not the same thing. Knowing and understanding are not the same thing, okay? Number three, there's wrong teaching about God that we have heard that we have not fixed yet, okay? So you know what? You don't have everything figured out yet. I hate to tell you that. If there's anybody here who thinks you've got it all figured out, you can come and see me afterwards, all right? And then we'll talk about that, okay? Also, get this. Another reason we have to be understanding with God is because we may read something in here and we may misinterpret it, okay? Seen people do that? Heard somebody, they were telling me something the other day. I'm listening to them going, that is not right. No, that is absolutely wrong. Okay. And, and you know, but, but, but you know, Brother Hagen said this one day. He said, yeah. He said, the Lord told me something, and for 11 years I thought it meant this, and then I found out it meant this. 11 years. Okay? He, he misunderstood what God said. Okay, you might misunderstand something in this word. Okay, I, I can remember verses that I, I've read that I thought meant something and then later found out they meant something entirely different. All right, and the last one is, why do we have to be understanding with God? There's timing involved in what God is doing in your life, okay? Sometimes we get impatient with him. We want him to fix everything right now, okay? You know, God, why didn't you fix this five years ago? Or why didn't you fix this ten years ago and I wouldn't have gotten in trouble, Okay? No, because, because you understand, have you ever looked in the back of an old-fashioned clock and seen all the little parts that all work together and they all spin and do this and they, each one has a part? It all works together somehow, okay? Um, uh, my wife, um, was t- before we met, she was telling God one day, now think about this, it fits exactly with what I'm saying. She was telling God one day, I am ready to be married. Where is my husband? And the Lord spoke to her and said, you're not the only one who has to be ready. Hello. Hello. Okay, think about this, guys. Think about that for a minute. See, you get all impatient with God, and you want him to fix it yesterday, and, you know, you're not the only piece of the puzzle. There's other stuff happening here. There's, God's doing other stuff here. And, and you know what? Sometimes you just got to be patient with him. And I don't like being patient. Well, okay, neither do I, but get over yourself, and I will get over myself and we will be patient with God together, okay? So we need to be walking in an understanding way with God. You know, I think that, uh, you know, there's a scripture, um, you can put it in your notes if you want, Romans chapter 3, verse 4, that says that God may be justified in his words and prevail when he is judged. You're like, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, God gets judged? Yeah, we, you and me, we judge him all the time. Why did you do that? That's not fair. Why, did, why me? Why did this happen to me? You guys, if you don't realize that, when I say stuff like that, I'm, I am pointing, right? You know, whether I mean it or think it or mean to do it, I'm pointing right at God. Why, 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 why? You know what? At the end of the day, you know, it says he's going to prevail when he's judged. Meaning, at the end of the day, it's going to be not his fault. And you know what? If I'm honest, you know, now that I've been walking with the Lord a long time, every mistake I've ever made, it wasn't him. 
He, I can't blame him for the mistakes I've made. I can't make, blame him for the stupid things that I've done, the things that I haven't listened to, the things that I haven't responded to. I can't blame him for any of this. And we can try, because none of us really want to take responsibility for anything that we don't have to take responsibility for. Isn't that true? Okay, y'all just sit there and look all spiritual, and I'll be the one up here saying I don't want to take responsibility. But you know what? We don't like that. We don't like getting blamed for stuff, and we don't like taking responsibility for anything if we don't have to, okay? You know, at work, you know, when something goes wrong, and everybody's, wouldn't me, wouldn't me, wouldn't me. You know, it's like, well, somebody did it. Somebody caused this mess. <laughs> Colossians chapter 1. All right. Thank you. There, I've got encouragement right there. All right, Ch Colossians chapter 1. I love this so much. When the Lord showed me this, I was so excited. I didn't know what to do with myself. I don't know if you'll get that excited about it, but I did. So what can I say? Colossians chapter 1, starting with verse 9, says this. For this reason, this is a Paul Pauline prayer. Paul is praying for the church at Colossae, and here's what he said. For this reason... Since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Did your mama ever say to you, because I said so, <laughs> you do it? <laughs> with a little kid, that's perfectly appropriate. But you know what? Some of us grew up thinking that that's how God was. Well, you just do it because I said so. But look at this verse again. Filled with the knowledge of his will, knowing what he wants, with all wisdom and understanding. He wants you, now think about this, not only does he want you to know what you were made for and what his plan is for your life, he wants you to know with wisdom, he wants you to understand it, he wants you to get a hold the big picture. It's not just know and do. Okay, he's not that way, okay? Your mama may have been that way, but he is not that way, all right? He wants you to have wisdom and understanding about his will. How do you get that? I can tell you this. You're not going to instantly get it. You got to keep a tender heart to him. You got to keep your heart open to him. You got to ask him, all right? He may not answer you immediately, okay? But he will show you, and he will show you because, because it's his will, that you not just know his will, but that you understand his will, okay? He wants you there. He wants you. You know, I was, I was always amazed at, at how little understanding people had uh, when I was in college about the rules. They'd get so mad. They'd read the dorm rules, or when I went to Bible college, they'd read the handbook. They would get so mad about the rules. I'm like, guys, I get the rules. The rules are there because somebody was stupid. It's really obvious. I don't know why you're having such a hard... I'm not going to do what that says. I don't like those rules. There's just too many rules. Well, okay. Wow. Get over yourself. Wow. I mean, I'm not making this up. I wish I were making this up. Uh, the, the handbook at the Bible college I went to said that we were required to wear underwear to class. Now, think about this. Just for a half a minute... Okay, I promise you that wasn't in the first edition of the handbook, but it got added because of stupid violation. You know, okay, y'all know, that is just, should not have to be in the handbook. But some people, okay, are we understanding here? Okay, rules, you know, if God says something's bad for us, He's not lying. It's bad for us. But you want to know why it's bad for you? Ask him. All right? If you really want to know, all right, you know, why does he want, you know, I, rem <laughs> I remember when I found out, you know, okay, uh, yeah. You know, I, I was a children's pastor for many, many years. Some of you know that. And then when I wasn't a children's pastor, I was still working with kids, uh, doing adoption, foster care work. I did that for like 11 and a half years. So, so I've been, I worked with kids all my life. But, but, but I remember the first time somebody asked me to listen to something about children's ministry, and I, I said, yeah, I hate children's ministry. No, all right? I was like, no. 
And, and then when I found out the Lord wanted me to do children's ministry, I, I just laughed. And I was just like, God, you know, you know I hate children's ministry. And, and he said to me, he goes, then make it something you don't hate. And I went, I can do that. All right, then I will. I'll make it something I don't hate. And I did. And, and so, 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 and it's not that I hate kids or anything. It's nothing like that. I was just bored. I, I always felt like, did you ever feel this way? Did, how many of you guys grew up in church? You grew up in church? Did you ever feel like your Sunday school teachers, like, like somebody had put a gun to their head and made them come to teach her <laughs> class, and they really did not want to be there? That's how I felt about most of them. I was like, I don't want to be here. You don't want to be here. Why would I want to be here? So, so, now, I don't think we have anybody like that around here. But, but I always felt, anyway. Um, Ephesians uh, chapter 5, I'm just going to read this to you. It says, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. You know, it's not just in the Bible one time, okay? He wants us to understand his will. Do you ever hear anybody, I love this one. And, and you know, as a pastor, you, 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 you want to be gracious to everybody who comes and talks to you. But, but. But I, I love this one because I, I, I did this one, you know. People come to you and, and say, well, I'm so confused about God's will. And I know from myself, every time I said I was confused, what I was really saying was, I know what he wants me to do, but I really don't want to do it, okay? I wasn't really confused. I just was being uncooperative. Those are not quite the same thing. You understand that? So, so don't ever come to me and tell me you're confused, all right? Think of a different way to say it so that I don't react that way, okay? But uh, people have trouble understanding God's will for these reasons. You ready? Number one, because they're not saved yet, all right? If your spirit's not born again, your spirit's not a good guide, and your spirit is all messed up. And, and if you haven't received Jesus, you're going to have a very hard time figuring out why God put you on this earth because he's not, the Holy Spirit's not on the inside of you. As soon as you're born again, he will come in, all right? Number two, the reason you might have trouble understanding his will is because you don't know him well enough yet, all right? Yet is the key word here, folks, yet. Get to know him. Hang out with him. Talk to him, all right? Um, number three reason We've already talked about choosing the wrong path, sin, hardening your heart to him. You're not going to be able to understand his will very easily, all right? So, so you just got to, you know what? Here's what Isaiah chapter 1 says. Stop doing wrong, learn to do right. It's very simple in just a, in that little short sentence. Stop doing wrong, learn to do right. You know, it doesn't feel that simple, but you know what? If you can stop something for one minute, you can stop it for an hour and a day and a week and a month and a year. And you know what? It's easier than you think, all right? Uh, and then the fifth one, oh, no. The fourth one is... <clears throat> We already talked about this one, too. You know what he wants you to do. You just don't want to do it yet. All right? And the last one is you need practice. All right, now wait a minute. You're like, wait a minute. I need practice understanding the will of God and, and hearing his voice and knowing what he wants me to do. Yes, you need practice. Okay? And he will practice with you. He will lead you in, over things that don't really matter very much. Okay? But, but think back to Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3 in your Bible, if you want to read the whole story. It's a very long story. But he was a little kid, and he went to live at the temple. His mother and father dedicated him to the Lord. He went to live at the temple, and, 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 he, and the priest's name was Eli. And one night, you know, Samuel's in bed, and he's not asleep, and Eli is sound asleep, probably snoring. He was a, the Bible says he was a very heavy old man. So, so Samuel hears, Samuel, Samuel. So he runs over to Eli. Yes, what do you want? I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. Go back to bed. He goes back to bed. Again, Samuel, Samuel. He runs back to Eli. Yes, you called. What do you want? I didn't call. Go back to bed. Third time, Samuel, Samuel. He runs back to Eli. Eli's like, realize, ah, he doesn't know, but the Lord's talking to him. So he said, Samuel, next time when you hear Samuel, Samuel, you say, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. And so what did he do? 
The Bible says Samuel went back to bed. Samuel, Samuel, yes, Lord, your servant is listening. And the Lord talked to him. And, and that was the first time the Lord talked to him. But do you understand? Do you see what I'm saying? He, he got it wrong three times, right? Fourth time he hit it. So, so if he had to practice with Samuel, he's going to have to practice with you. He practiced with me over some things that just didn't matter, okay? Um, uh, there was a time that, uh, and you know, and, and we're not going to, we're not going to take time talking about it tonight, but, but, but our spirit man is, is sensitive. And if we keep our hearts sensitive to him, we're going to know, not, it's not in words, it's just we call it the inward witness, and, and you're just going to know something. You're just going to know something's not, uh, or, or something's good, okay? But I, I went to Target back, mm, I don't even know what year this would have been, early 90s, and my coffee pot had died, and I went to Target to buy a coffee pot, and I, I found a coffee pot, you know, just a coffee pot. I picked it up and put it in my cart, and as I do, I'm right here going, no. I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. It's a coffee pot. Does God not want me to drink coffee? What, what is this? I put, I put it back, and then, well, and I left, and then I went back the same day, or the same trip, and put it in my cart again, and then put it back again, because I'm like, this is just stupid. Why does God care? Why do I feel like God cares? Why am I getting this no inside of me, this scratchy no? Why? So, so I literally, a few days later, I went, I did like, I, I thought about it, like, this is stupid. I need a coffee pot. I don't have a coffee pot. So I, I went, I went and, 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 and went back to Target and, and picked it up again and the same no. And ah, I put it back and went home. And I was, I was so aggravated, okay? But do you understand? God was just practicing with me. So I went over to the, uh, there was a couple that, that was a wealthy couple that I was friends with. And I went over to their house. They had this big, fancy Krupp's coffee maker with a gold filter and uh, da, 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 da. back in that day it was the best one out there and and uh after dinner they said hey you know we feel like the lord told us to give you our coffee pot <laughs> i'm like so that was you but but see see it doesn't really matter. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't really matter if I'd have screwed that one up, really. Okay, but I, I didn't, and so that's really cool. Okay, but 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 it didn't matter because, but but here's what I will tell you: the inward witness and learning to hear from Him can be super important. It can be life and death. All right. Um, I can't think of her name. Uh, it will probably pop into my head, but and I, I'm closing with this. Um, Kate McVeigh, she's a traveling evangelist. Uh, she's based out of Rama. She lives in Michigan, I think. And one day she was, true story, she was getting on a plane and the Lord went, no. So she got off and it crashed. It, it's, he's going to practice with you, though, if you'll just push in and he'll start practicing with you about stuff that doesn't really matter. So that when it really does matter, you're, you know to listen, okay? Because it makes a huge difference. Now, the coffee pot, it wouldn't have mattered. I could tell you 38 stories. Some of them matter, some of them don't, okay? But, but the point is, is that he's there. He's with you. He wants to grow you up for your good, for your benefit, for the benefit of the people around you. And he's always right there. 